Apple held its Wonderlust event, and the new iPhone 15 and Apple Watches are here. On this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we're talking about the event, the new products, and more. Stick around. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Yesterday, we're recording this on a Wednesday, was the big day that we were all waiting for. Apple introduced its new iPhones, the iPhone 15, 15 Pro. They also introduced the Series 9 Apple Watch, the Ultra 2. And that's about it. <laughs> um, AirPods case. <laughs> yeah. Or ra- ra- rather, Air- it's, it, it's unclear whether it's new AirPods because they're not selling the case separately. And there's allegedly like a new couple new features that only this model provide, which is lossless audio for the Vision Pro and slightly better, or actually it didn't have it at all, so like dust resistance as well. Yeah, it wasn't rated before, now it is rated. Right, so it's not clear, Jason and I were talking about this last night, did they just talk about these things and rate them and slap on a new, because they didn't even, they don't call them new, it's not third gen, it's still second gen, but for whatever the case is, if you bought a pair of AirPods last week, you probably should take them back and buy this new one because they might be a little bit better. Yeah, and this one will ship at the same time as the iPhones on the twenty second. And it's still two forty nine. Yep. Same yes. Price. Same price. Same price. They didn't change anything. I I saw somebody say something about how it's tricky to find, but you can you can buy the. The replacement case but i don't think it's unclear that that would work with your old the old the second gen airpods pro with lightning like it, it wouldn't surprise me if there were some minor changes within that have to do with managing charging mm-hmm. like just managing power delivery and stuff just because the protocols are different and all that other kind of stuff right uh and they'll and they're going to be doing like charging from your iphone which is pretty cool yeah you know plug in a usb cable between your iphone and your airpods to charge up your airpods like and and they'll do apple apple watch what a great thing what a great like and it's so much better than reverse wireless charging because yes like a lot of android phones you can use the back of the phone as a charger but you got to flip the phone over and put something on top of it which makes both devices unusable now you can you can still use your iPhone, plug it into something else, and not have to worry about letting it sit for five or ten minutes. It's a it's a much better idea. If your buds aren't dead, your case is just low. You can just be like charging up your case and still using yeah. your AirPods. Exactly right. Like yeah. and get some juice in your case, and then drop your AirPods back in there when you're when you're done. Or yeah, it's get, a better solution. You know, a, a little bit. If you're in a, away for a weekend, your Apple Watch is at thirty percent. You can plug it in real quick, get get to fifty percent, uh, use it for the rest of the day. It's it's a it's a cool little feature. So the USB C charging that's just one feature of the new iPhone. As in typical app, typical Apple fashion, they tend to introduce all the new features in the Pro phones, and then the non Pro phones are basically. Last year's pro, <laughs> right? Last year's with pros. with without a without a telephoto, with some exceptions, camera basically. I, yeah, I saw somebody made an image, and I thought it was kind of funny because it's a little bit true. Where they they like doctored 
the iPhone marketing 15 Pro marketing page, and it said like now introducing like iPhone 14 Pro Titanium now with USB-C. <laughs> and I was like, well, they're not wrong. I mean, leading up to this, there was a lot of people sort of on our social media platforms and stuff, to, and they were talking about the rumored features of the 15 Pro, and the rumors were pretty accurate. And they said, I'm just not that excited about it. I don't, I don't think I, I like a 13. I just don't. I was going to upgrade, but I, this, none of this is exciting me. I don't think, know if I'm going to upgrade, and I, I don't feel like they changed anyone's mind. <laughs> with that yes yesterday i feel like we're in, we're well into that plateau of like incremental yearly iphone upgrades where it's just not gonna be earth-shaking stuff it's not just apple it's every every smartphone maker it's it's everyone and and they're if you're not gonna do gimmicks for gimmicks sake if you're not gonna be like you know, if you're not going to do things that you don't think are going to last a long time, like folding phones or whatever, there's just not a lot that's going to be novel. And you you can hang on to your phone for three or four years and that's fine. <laughs> that's, you know, just wait longer. And I, I think Apple under understands that in the sense that, so the average selling price now is way higher than it was even two years ago, even last year. So they... Mm-hmm. The price of the iPhone Pro Max didn't technically increase. However, they got rid of the cheapest option, which was 128 gigs of storage for 1099. Now you have to buy the 256 gigabytes gigabyte model for 1199. All the other prices are the same, but that's going to push the average selling price higher because um, it's already been reported that the the Pro Max is is the most popular iPhone, and now with the better camera. It's going to be even 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 more so, I would assume. So, I think Apple understands this world where the annual upgrades from the two to the three to the four to the five, like that's not a thing anymore. It's three years, and if you look at the iPhone 12 versus the iPhone 15, we're talking that's a massive jump. Yeah. So if so if you look at it in terms of that, I I think that the iPhone 15 is a it's it's a really good phone. I agree. It's not there's no wow factor. I'm going to get one and it's it's going to be you know a little bit different but I'm going to use it in basically the same way as I use the 14 it's not I don't need it until there's a folding phone until the next revo- uh, revolution maybe it's the Vision Pro I don't know this is what we're going to get every year so we should stop setting our expectations for this groundbreaking thing this isn't going to be the iPhone 5 or the iPhone uh uh, uh 10 even it's not happening there's no there's not very far to go anymore it's it's a lot like I think it's going to be a lot like the Max Ben for a long time, where it's like you know year on year they do new stuff. It's faster. There's some small changes here, or there, true tone or whatever, and it's pretty much the same. And then every ten years or so, you have like an M1 moment, like an Apple Silicon M1 moment, and it gets real exciting for a year or two as some great new, totally new technology goes across the line. And then it's boring again for another 10 years. Well, the lack of a wow factor, maybe that's one reason why we got this prolonged segment about Apple's uh, <laughs> sustainability and and a, and a video clip that uh, – uh, a skit that included Mother Nature. Yeah, that, that was a little bit too long. I'm, I'm going to agree with you there. It, w- it was lengthy. 
for people who haven't seen the event, Apple did this segment about its sustainability efforts. Usually Apple makes a mention of their sustainability efforts, but this was a prolonged effort. This was several minutes and it included a little uh, skit where Apple executives, including Tim Cook, are in a meeting with Mother Nature, who was played by Octavia Spencer. I can, first of all, I love Octavia Spencer. And second of all, uh, I can really appreciate that they wanted to do a thing where they're like, you know, Mother Nature comes in and like another corporate, they're, they're going to, you know, uh, another big disappointment thing where they talk about how they're, they plan to do the, all this stuff in 30 years and all this, you know, and, and Apple's way ahead, right? Uh, they're doing everything, all their 2030 targets they're meeting next year and stuff like that, right? You know, I can appreciate that. I think it's important stuff. I think they spent way too long on it. Like they had the skit and then they went rolled right into a regular segment that was another five minutes long. I mean, they spent 10 or 15 minutes of this hour (laughs) just on the environmental stuff. It was a lot. It was good. We were happy. We were like, we're catching up on our notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was happy because I got to write up my notes. I, I understand what Apple is trying to do there. You know, they have, they understand that they have a certain amount of mm-hmm. influence and power, and that's something they want. They believe they they should call attention to. I appreciate the effort, and it was brought up again throughout they had multiple times when discussing other products where they discussed exactly what recycled materials they're using how it's carbon neutral if you buy this watch with this band you know it's officially carbon neutral certified by some other uh, third party and everything you know where new packaging that lets us ship more and all this there was there was a lot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I call it a lot of those things. I'm glad they're doing yeah. the work. I'm glad they're ahead of it. Like there's a lot of corporations that promised a lot of like uh power reduction and waste reduction and carbon neutrality and stuff at some distant date that it's just like by the time it's twenty forty, everybody will have forgotten that we've promised to do all this stuff. You know, I'm I'm glad Apple's really doing it. But it's on the other hand um it first of all consider the source you know until it's they 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 conveniently left out like the hundreds of millions of dollars of carbon credits they buy and stuff like that like it's not all always good news the biggest thing or the biggest new thing aside from you know some recycled materials is the removal of leather from iphone cases and apple watch bands which you know, they sold a lot of leather products for a long time. Like we, we've, we've mentioned that before. Like for someone who was so environmentally conscious, there's a lot of companies who have moved away from leather. Even like Mercedes and its cars have stopped. Oh, almost every car company yeah. has moved to quote vegan leather, which right. is it's plastic, some synthetic material. Right? It's just plastic. It's a it's a plastic that feels like leather. They've they've all done it. I think it's just cheaper now. Number it probably one, probably is. Yeah, but like, unless is. you buy like a Lamborghini or something, where there's a literally a guy hand stitching leather seats, like it's fake leather, <laughs> and it's kind of, yeah, it was kind of weird that iPhone cases were yeah until yesterday they made iPhone cases, Apple Watch bands 
and a bunch of different ones uh, in leather. And just let just let all the th- there's a million third party companies happy to do that. Let them do it. <laughs> it affects most notably their uh, Hermes partnership that inexplicably they've had for <laughs> ten years almost. They're they're still outrageously expensive. They're like thirteen hundred bucks, but there's no more. They don't use leather, but. If you go to the, if you want one, you can go to the Hermes website and still buy a Series Nine with a leather band. They still sell them. They just don't sell them through Apple. So, oh, okay, you can, st- you can yeah, still they spend like new- eighteen hundred bucks on one if you want. They had these new bands though that they sell with Hermes with their Hermes watches, and you get like a, a special Hermes watch face. Uh, it's otherwise the same watch, but it's um, but it's funny because it's like they're plastic and like reclaimed rubber. And stuff, and it's like eight hundred dollars or something. It's still ridiculously expensive, and it's like, but it's a plastic band. <laughs> so a lot of the features that were rumored came true. We got the periscope camera. We got the titanium frame. Apple's very proud of the titanium. Uh, like that's literally the the tagline for the iPhone 15 Pro is just titanium <laughs> yeah like they usually have some kind of a clever something or other but it just says titanium. Yeah. right <laughs> it's just they, they emphasize it so much even the colors they're not just yeah well they're they're clearly made to look as if you're listen the back of the phone is still glass but it's made to look like you're holding like a fully titanium phone <laughs> i think one thing we didn't expect was the pro models have an a17 pro chip yeah, versus the A17 Bionic, which is what they've called the last few. Yeah, they changed the name. We all expected a new A17. Uh, it's it's interesting they changed the name to A17 Pro. That really makes you think that a non-Pro A17 will be coming in some products in the future. And they've never done that. They they kind of have, though, in a way. It's, it's weird. What was it? The A15 where they had... A five-core GPU and then the four-core GPU version or something, but they just called it A15, and you and they didn't even you had to like look at specs to to find out. I I expect something like that will happen. Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe you'll get a yep. five-core GPU or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, this is the first time they've had a six-core GPU in, a, in an iPhone processor, mm-hmm. so. It, 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 presumably they have one in development or they could easily do that where they just yeah. have five. We haven't seen any leaked benchmarks yet, but it sounded like faster CPU cores. They said 10% on the high performance cores and faster, but not how much on the efficiency cores. Uh, yeah. It's still too high performance for efficiency cores. The GPU is like a totally new design. It's not just six cores, but it's like a totally new design mm-hmm. with like a new shader array and like mesh shaders which is a a common technology in use in like you know pc graphics and stuff that nvidia and amd have had forever uh and and ray tracing support right the ray tracing is not a big big deal on phone i mean they made they they had a whole gaming break to to talk about games being great none of those games actually using ray tracing per se but it, that's not where it's a big deal. Where it's a big deal is this architecture appears first in the phone, but then it it becomes an M4 or something, and and when it gets to the Mac, it's going to matter, right? Where where you've got 
more GPU power and more GPU cores and stuff like that. So it's good that it's there. It means it's coming to the Mac at some point in the future. Better video decoding. Uh, the neural engine still being 16 cores, but being twice as fast was an interesting bit up to 35 trillion operations per second. Um, it's good to see them still investing in that stuff. They mention whether this A17 Pro chip is a three nanometer chip. They did. Yeah, they oh, did yeah. They made a big deal it. about it being the first. What, what was most surprising to me about the chip was there's no battery life improvement, pres- presumably. The, the tech specs have the exact same rating for all of the four phones. And we had heard leading up to the event, even from uh, Mark Gurman and uh, Ming-Chi Kuo, like, like major uh, plugged-in analysts and, and leakers that – that was going to be a major component of the iPhone 14s, particularly the Pro models, that they were going to last lay long, uh, way longer due to larger batteries and the efficiency of the 3 nanometer chip. And we got neither of those things. Well, we we did kind of get larger batteries in a way. They're not uh, – they're more milliamp hours, not more watt hours. Like the, the 15 Pro, for example, is still 12. Three eight watt hours, but it's thirty six fifty milliamp hours, not thirty two hundred milliamp hours from the fourteen Pro. So it's like I think it's like I think I remember us talking about this before. We mentioned this before. It's like the chip can be more efficient, but there's a million ways to use that additional power. So like if the battery's bigger, even if the chip's more efficient or something, they can use up that efficiency clocking it up higher. Uh, they can use up the, that extra power making the display run brighter or ramping up the wireless or, you know, there's a million other places that power can go. So they don't claim higher battery life. We'll see what happens when it's tested. But generally speaking, if the battery lasts longer, Apple is happy to tell you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe more power is being drawn by the new ultra wideband chip. How's that for a segue? We'll, we'll, we'll have to workshop that one, room. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a new ultra-wideband chip. I thought it was curious that the old chip is known as the U1. They refused during the presentation to call it the U2. If they did that, they would have probably had to pay Bono some, some royalties. Uh, and the other thing is, like, the last time U2 was involved in an iPhone presentation, it was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And this YouTube 2 chip does not include a free album on your iPhone. <laughs> that, that, that you can't get rid of. <laughs> but it does, uh, it's supposed to provide uh, a wide, wide, wider field of range. Is that is that right? It's not like a wider frequency spectrum or anything like that. It's just a longer range. It's just a longer range. It's like connecting a longer range and it should be more precise not that the old Ultraman was like imprecise, like it's down to the inch. Like it's, it's if you can't find what you're looking for <laughs> before, it was fine. It also does a thing where on the new Apple Watches, which also have the new Ultra Wideband chip, you'll be able to precise locate your phone. Like right now, if you ping your phone, it just goes dee, 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 and just, you know, you can go pick it up. You just, yeah, you just try and find find the sound effect playing. The the Now it will do the thing where the arrow points you to it and tells you how far away you are and you walk to it. But that only works with the iPhone 15 models that have the new ultra-wideband chip. So you need 
the new Apple Watch and the new iPhones for that. They also showed how Find My will let you um, precise locate another person. Like instead of just getting the dot on the map, you can, it will it will point the arrow and lead you directly to them. You know, just like a lost device. Mm-hmm. But again, only with the U two things with the second gen ultra wide man. The action button does what we all the, all the rumors said. Uh, you have to press and hold it for a second so that there's accidental presses don't trigger it. But you know, by default, it mutes and you can instead have it like turn on and off your flashlight or do all these things. The main thing that's great is you can have it trigger a shortcut, and that means you could have it launch any app. Right. You could have it do things like uh, take a picture, not just launch the camera app, but like launch the camera app and take a picture. You can make a shortcut that does that, and then do that you can have it do really complex stuff if you want mm-hmm. um so yeah i i'm gonna love the action button i think and it's also still a mute uh ring switch if you want. If you, yeah. that's its default setting and you can yeah. change it to yeah if you yeah. want you have to um so to, to to launch any action we, we haven't tried it yet but you have to kind of hold it for it sounds like maybe a half a second so it's not just yeah, a quick does. press so you don't accidentally turn something on or launch something while it's in your pocket? Uh, so the cameras, the Pro model has a the telephone lens is up to 3x optical zoom. On the Pro Max it's 5x optical zoom. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a little bit lower than we thought. We heard, heard 6. We had heard rumors of a, as high as 10, which seemed unlikely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 6x, 6x was believable, but it's, um, it's 5x. Uh, people have pointed out that now, between 2x and 5x, you're using um, digital zoom because it used to be 3x, which is pretty good. That, like 3x is a good distance. Mm-hmm. Now you you the, so the default on the little you know the little thing below the um, the shutter or above the shutter. Yes, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll say 1x, 2x, 5x. Mm-hmm. 5x mm-hmm. is going to be a big jump from 2x. So you're gonna there's going to be a lot of like pinching and zooming to get to the actual or standing back another 20 feet to get yeah. <laughs> what you want when you're, when you're taking a, a zoomed photo. I'm, I'm curious to see yeah. how that all works on the, on the pro max. Yeah. Cause the two X is it's, you just going to use the center 12 megapixels of the 48 megapixel right. main camera. So it's still an optical zoom, but it's like a crop zoom, not an actual like, like, like a hybrid the jump yeah. uh-huh. of the lens, but it, it'll be clear. It just won't have the geometry of an actual, uh, about what is it, forty-eight millimeter lens, but one hundred twenty millimeters. That's that's the equivalent of your five X zoom. That's a pretty good zoom. That's that's not bad. I'm I'm not like, oh, but Samsung's got a gajillion zoom or whatever, you know, with a bunch of fakery and and everything. So I think people are going to be happy. I think you're going to notice a pretty significant difference between three X and five X. I think so too. Um, yeah, Samsung has uh, on the Ultra, they have two cameras that work together to give you 10x optical and up to 100x digital. They call it space zoom. Um, Apple does 25x, which is much more realistic. 100 is it's fun to like try it out, but it's not. It's very first of all, it's very hard to control when you're holding a phone unless you're on a tripod. It's almost impossible to nail on on your subject. But a 25x is that's a significant increase over what the iPhone Pro has now. 
and it's not gonna look great. That that two and a half a two and a half fold digital zoom in, uh, zoom in is is a lot. But you can get you can go past yeah ten x will be ten x will ten to twelve x will be pr- pretty darn good. They're also doing a funky thing where for the main camera you tapping that one x you can get three different sort of main camera focal lengths and i think it's was it that's right no it's 20 yeah 24 28 and 35 that's sort of a crop zoom it's taking the 48 megapixel sensor and it's choosing which 24 megapixel crop to get they've they're changing the entire image pipeline uh to use the whole 48 megapixels and then end up giving you a 24 megapixel main image mm-hmm. now you can choose the 48 megapixel as well but both on the 15 and the 15 pro there's this you know new 24 megapixel like ultra high res version that doesn't require super bright light that'll work even in low light and everything um I mean, you get to sort of choose what you want your main camera lens to be. You can tap it. You can choose what the new default is. I think that's a really slick thing, uh, especially for the pro, because I think once you start thinking about photography, there's there's a significant difference in what a 24 millimeter and a 35 millimeter lens is. If you're familiar with photography, like <laughs> those are both kind of neither one of those is what you would call wide angle or telephoto but they they look very different so to have to have you sort of have those options because you're not going to because you're going to be delivering an image that's not the full 48 megapixels anyway that's pretty slick that brings me to one of those really weird things though um one of those things that feels like a software lock that they're doing is on the iPhone 15, the not pro iPhone 15, they have a 48 megapixel main camera now. They're giving you that 24 megapixel high res image. But why can't an iPhone 14 Pro do that? Why is it 12 or 48? Why isn't it getting a software update to do that? To get to give you a 24 megapixel under all lighting conditions thing. It's got the same A16 chip. It's got the same 48 megapixel sensor. Could it be that the sensor in the in the camera is a little bit different this year, and they just didn't talk about it? Like the actual the actual lens that's in the iPhone 14 Pro is different than the lens. Well, it wouldn't have anything to do with Pro. the lens. Like okay. the there's no, there, I mean the software to give you a 24 megapixel camera doesn't know what glass is in front of the the sensor, right? <laughs> so it's possible it's like a different sensor or a different connection to the sensor but i i don't think so that feels like a t- completely software locked thing if it was only on the 15 pro i would say oh it's, it needs the a17 to do that but it's on the 15 as well so i don't understand why they're doing that i mean it certainly wouldn't be out of character for apple to software lock something that doesn't necessarily have a hardware related reason to not to not have it um the same thing can be said of uh, Apple Watch Series Nine in the double tap feature. That's yes. that's actually is available on prior models in accessibility. It's a very yeah. similar thing. It does something different, but it's a similar gesture. Yeah, uh, it 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 goes back 
as opposed to being your main confirm button, which is what it will do on the Series 9. But it can detect you double pinching your finger. And if it can do that, then why don't all my existing watches have that new double tap feature? Feels completely software locked. It's pot, I, that one I can think of. I can think of an excuse for that one. I can't think of an excuse for the iPhone one. My my excuse for that is that the S nine it has neural engine cores for the first time, and 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 some new sensor stuff. You know, uh, some new like accelerometers, and it's faster and more power efficient, and all this yada yada. So maybe leaving that running, maybe it's a battery drain. And they don't concern themselves with it as an accessibility feature, the fact that it uses more battery. And the only way to do that and have that running all the time and be battery efficient is with the S9 and the neural engine cores being in the chip. Other question, we don't know for sure that the 14 Pro doesn't get that, right? Like maybe when you update iOS 17, you will. We just don't know it yet. Uh, We kind of do because the iOS 17... um, Beta. Base candidate's out. That is um, not in there. Yeah, it's it's out. It's not in there. But there is a okay. new feature that is in there. Um, we were wondering how they would take 48 megapixel images with the 15. Yeah. When it doesn't support Pro Raw. Without the Pro Raw, yeah. Uh, what they've added is a new HEIF Max option to take 48 megapixels as an HEIF image which is, you know, the, the standard non-JPEG images they've been taking for a while. That comes to 14 Pro. So if you update to iOS 17 on your 14 Pro, you go into the camera settings, camera formats. Instead of just Pro Raw, you'll have Pro Raw 12 megapixel, Pro Raw 14 megapixel, and you'll have HEIF Max 48 megapixel. And that's how you, you can take 48 megapixel images on your iPhone 14 Pro Without having to use seventy five megabytes per image, okay. it's like five megs per image, five meg per image instead of seventy five meg per image. So, if you're not the kind of person who who wants a .dng file to load into Lightroom and like really mess around with all the settings, you just want your forty eight megapixels. It's a that's a huge win. That's a great thing for. So last year we got uh, emergency SOS via satellite, which is a feature that um, if you're stranded in the middle of nowhere and you're in med- med- medical attention, you can use a satellite to contact the nearest or the or the, or the closest um, emergency responder, which will come and you know rescue you. That's good in in the event of like a medical emergency, but there are also times when you're driving. Even like I live in Connecticut, and like here, there are times when I'll run. I, I won't have service. And if I get a flat tire, if I run out of gas, whatever it is, I'm kind of stuck. I got to walk. I got to find someone to talk to. So they're piggybacking on emergency SOS with roadside assistance via satellite. So you'll be able to use your iPhone 15 to tap into a satellite um, and contact AAA to get uh, roadside assistance, whether you're a member or not. If you're a member, it's free. If you're not, you got to pay for it. But uh, I thought that was that was pretty neat and and smart and something that I think people would would be more likely to use than the emergency stuff. I mean, the emergency stuff gets all the headlines. And if, yeah, if you're in a terrible crash, it, it's amazing. But more likely you're going to run out of gas or, you know, blow a tire when you're when you're out of cell service. So uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, again, they're kind of non-descript about how much this is going to cost. They keep saying two years. But what happens after those two years? They They haven't said... So we're not sure. We're we're now a year into the iPhone 14. 
So next year they're going to have to tell us what this costs. Yeah, the emer- these emergency board. service things are both of both of these things run out of they're like free for the first two years, and then it's like, but then what? And it's going to cost something because you got to yeah, they're they're paying satellite services and like actual humans monitor because you get you answer some questions on your screen, and then it sends like a a very if small and efficient encoded message to a person, there are some emergency responders that will get basically like a text. That, but if they're not set up to to receive those things, there's a human being who gets that and then contacts emergency services on the phone and tells them your information. So like there's a human component to it too. And so this service has got to <laughs> something. I mean, even if it's like 2 or $3 a month, it's still something that is going to get sprung upon you if you want to keep it sometime next year. Also, the, the AAA thing, it, it's AAA is their partner in the US. Who knows what they're going to do in other countries if they do other countries. If they do other countries. And it is included in AAA membership, but also AAA will sell you like access to just this feature. And they also didn't say what that would cost. Oh, I assumed it would be on a, like a case-by-case basis. Maybe it can, is. You can sign up. Okay, yeah. They didn't say. Like that's true. It certainly ruins the entire thing if you need to sign up for it before you need it. Like just tack on five bucks to my towing charge or something, you know, or something. But yeah, they need to do something there, and they didn't say what it would be. I think that's one of those features that is coming later this year in a software update. That, yeah. So Apple also released the. Series 9 and the Ultra 2 watch. We talked about one of the new features, the double tap feature. In case people don't know what the double tap feature is, it's this new gesture that you can do on your watch hand. Uh, You essentially perform a pinch or a tap with your index finger and your thumb. Double pinch. And that acts as like the tap of the primary button of whatever app you have open on your watch. Yeah, so you can answer, you can answer a call, pause a timer, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sleep on your alarm, stuff like that. I actually kind of love it. I, we we talked about how I don't know, we don't know why it's not coming to previous watches, but I do love this feature. There are plenty of times when I've got something in my right hand, and I can't touch my little one and a half inch screen yeah. <laughs> and i would love to just go tap tap that's when i bring it up to my face and i use my nose to touch it <laughs> I, yeah. you are not the only one i have seen multiple people with their Absolutely. hands full i've done trying that. to use their phone with their nose and so yeah <laughs> if it's reliable i find that this is a really good feature it works with apple apps the you know the phone and things like this i'm assuming there's an api as well and you can use it for any third-party app to do the main the main button. Yeah, from what I understand from how they described it, I don't even think you're going to need... Oh, so it just does it automatically. Yeah, because I think every app kind of has to say, like, you know, in, in whatever screen you're on, what is the main button? Like, for as accessibility things and stuff like that, it needs to know what the main button is. I think that's okay. that. I think it'll just do that. I think even third-party apps, most of them will just automatically work. The new Apple Watch comes with the S9 chip, which offers new performance. It has a neural engine. The neural engine mainly mainly lets you use Siri uh, offline. That's the biggest thing that they talked about. So, yeah, that's, that's, an, that's the other thing that I think is very significant. It's four neural engine cores. I don't know how fast they run. I'm sure they are clocked lower than the iPhone cores. So that's like a quarter of what you get on a, a modern iPhone. 
but it's enough to do a lot of Siri processing on device, even with their new language model and stuff. So that's going to mean better dictation, faster. And right now I run into that problem all the time where if I just tell it, lock my door or uh, start a workout or something like that, there's this like two second pause as it communicates with my phone and then my phone communicates with the internet to tell it to do the thing. And then it goes back to my watch. So if that makes that, all that stuff real responsive, that's going to be a big win. It also has an, the new U2 chip. I'm going to call it the U2 chip. Yeah, I, that, that's how I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Both the Series 9 and the Ultra 2 have brighter displays. The Series 9 has a 2,000-nit display. The Ultra 2 is 3,000 nits. That's crazy, right? Like, you could be on the surface of the sun and still see your watch. (laughs) (laughs) There are some new colors and some new bands. Apple went to great lengths to talk about how they have this fine woven material for the watch bands now. They don't use leather. Trying to think of what else. Oh, they had some new, uh, there's a new watch face. There's the modular, oh, I can't remember. Is it modular, modular ultra watch face on the Ultra 2? There's not a whole lot. It's, it's, it's a very minor, even in a, a consecutive years of minor updates, this is very minor. This makes the 6 to the 7, which was just a slightly larger screen, look like a major change compared to this year. There's not much. It is basically what we said in the preview it's it's just getting the s9 and the things that the s9 gives you one of them i think is interesting is that you'll be able to do health requests just via siri so you can you can ask it things to get data from the health app or to record data to the health app just using siri like i don't think that's on the phone which is weird like i can't just tell siri to record my weight or something like that via voice or ask it what my latest weight was or something, but you'll be able to do that on the watch. Why isn't that on the phone? I don't know. If you're an ultra wearer and you're a cyclist, the Ultra 2 has better support with its Bluetooth connectivity and cycling equipment. I was kind of surprised it didn't have that in the first place. And then they also had, for divers, the depth app uh, saves session log. But yeah, there isn't a whole lot new overall which is what we kind of expected. Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 855. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. There was a lot of information that was presented at the Wanderlust event. At the Wanderlust event. That's probably the last (laughs) time you'll screw that up anyway. (laughs) If you want to get more information, we've got articles on our website at macworld.com. We've got a ton of them. So if you need the information, we've got it for you. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on threads, that's at Macworld underscore HQ, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.